thought the plan was to check out where they make the black soil. Uh, I, yes, I think. I, be- I believe that was the case. I thought it was to explore the tombs, but I don't remember. I mean, we are already at the tombs. I think we should explore the tombs first, and then if plot dictates, we go to... the Wherever the black soil comes from. The place where they're mining the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of tourists around the tombs now, so... How do you want to do this? I don't know. Uh, are there areas where we can't go? Uh, that's an interesting question. Not really. Like, the only restriction is there's really no place that there are not other people around. Yeah. Wait, I've got an idea. Ooh, good. Oh, no. John Doe looks and, like, quietly signals human highwaymen to follow him. And uh, is there, like, a tour guide already giving a tour? Uh, yes. Uh, but the, the tour guides, they usually keep up from from the sanctuary with the dolls. They usually avoid that part. That's fine. We don't need to go back there. Uh, that was spooky. Just to do some more recon, just to learn a little bit more about the royal family. And uh, the other two can comment if they think this is a good idea. I wait until there's a group and we just move in. And I start asking all the easy touristy questions. I'm sorry. Are you making the... I think you should lose the haunted house for adults. I've never seen I think you should leave. So yeah, so you walk around and you start asking some questions. Why don't you give some examples? And I think, what are those touristy questions I can ask? Immediately after the tour guide finishes explaining when it when this place was constructed, I'm just like, but uh, when did they build this? Yeah, and they keep going, oh yes, uh, so this was... This was actually, there was already the Swedish uh, Swindy companies. They already had some graves here for the people that died here. And when the family came here and they started building the fort, they started moving them out of here to another place. And they became the royal crypts at the time. As the, the royal family expanded on the ninth century, so, as despite the style looking very European, it's it's a pretty modern invention. Most of these actual individual crypts they were done in the beginning of the 20th century. Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, how many people are buried here? Uh, there are around 126 members of the royal family buried here. Some of them they have been translated elsewhere, or their crypts are empty. What's your favorite one? Oh, my favorite one was to be the crypt of uh, Levon Symes, uh, Jolie, which used to be that uh, one, the third Antillian uh, Games, and uh, used to be a, used to be an Olympic uh, sh- shooter. That's fascinating. Uh, what games are in the uh, Antillian Games? You know, actually, I don't know. Uh, I never watched it. So they were before my time. Sorry, I just... <laughs> I can feel lose. I deal with too many tourists energy coming through. Um, what's the oldest crypt here? And they give again the same answer that they have at the beginning. So you get the feeling that you're getting too much. Theoretical logic, and you can see the disasperation of the other tourists. All right, then I stop. We've truly blended now. No one will remember us. <laughs> I think it was. I think it's fine if the other tourists are exasperated. Now they know how they make everyone who works here feel. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Brad? Hit us with a, just, just start. Just do two more. Just do two. No! More. <laughs> so when exactly did the Swedish East India Company come here? On the seventh century. Are they connected to the Dutch East India Company? Uh, I think that's enough questions for now. <laughs> there we go. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> uh, we're doing a lot of sort of uh, passive <laughs> it's just emotional crime to the it's just psychic damage to the other tourists here. <laughs> After that, after he gives, after we're given the that's enough questions, sir, we're done now. We're very quiet and just observing and trying to suck up as much information as possible. Yeah, most of it seems to be as less stuff. But again, you get uh, that the that the 
that the shrine that you were looking, it was to Princess Yahima. And uh, they say, oh, uh, that's when you you notice the, the first interesting thing is that oh, this was not actually part of the initial to- complex. Uh, the, the crypt, uh, as it lies empty, it is actually covering the access to the to the caverns as there seems to be an uh, underground lake underneath that. That is, well, that is said to be a rumor and nobody really went looking around for it, but uh, it is said that uh, on uh, days that are too hot or too cold, one can hear the walls crying for the lost princess. A uh, quick question that John Doe's not asking character, but just a hypothetical I want to bring up that might be kind of interesting. Can Highwayman use his big old meaty brain to figure out if we're actually above an underground lake because of his lightning calculator and, uh, and ability to detect, like, to transmute stuff? Is that something I could do? We There is some... Like, I, I think so far, mostly, like, when I am able to pick up on things like that, it's usually, like, energy of some kind. But I, I, w- I would be willing to try it if I can feel... Yeah, you can get the feeling that it would make sense because you look around, you saw you saw the fort that has been converted into museum. You saw you saw where the palace is now, and you think, well, yeah, if this was an ancient fort, it will it will need to have water reservoirs on its own, and it would make sense if there was a, a natural one that they would put it on a place that could connect with them, and it will not be yeah isolated. From the defenses, would be very easily defensible if it was the case. Or if there was not one, this is actually the perfect place to carve an artificial one through the volcanic stuff. Yeah, I think I conveyed it, John and Yoki. It's like, yeah, there is, in all likelihood, there is a lake down there by some means or another. Come on, we got to lead into the dumb tourist blending in trick. Oh, let's get a picture of uh, where the lake room is. I hate myself for this bit more than any of you could ever hate me. Don't worry. Okay, just in the interest of not getting lost in the weeds, because I have, I have the, I have the, the magpie brain. Um, we don't need to sort of go off the rails and try to find this lake right now, do we? No, but I, I have. Uh, let's make a note of it. That seems. I mean, it seems useful as information goes, but not especially relevant to this moment. Yeah, you sure about that. No, absolutely not. I'm never sure about most things. I mean, there's a decent chance. I've got some theories, but I'm going to wait until the end of the tour to share them with the rest of the, of the class. So I, I got a question. Like, I'm going to take a leaf out of John Doe's book and try and focus on the vibes of the area. Is there anything directing Joachim any direction? Vibe check. Yeah, again, uh, the the place that you check it, it was stronger. It was around the dolls, around the tomb, which is supposed to be the place where the underground, the, the staircases to the underground caverns with the supposed underground lake are. So we already checked it before. That was where it was stronger. Okay. I, I don't know. I think we... Sh- something's calling me to the... Well, not, I don't know, calling me, but the vibes are strongest uh, uh, to... The doll room with the where the 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 door may be. Okay, everyone thoroughly hates us in this tour group, so they won't notice if we slip off. Am I correct in that assumption? I mean, or if they notice, they'll be like pleased. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we're gonna go back to the scary doll room. Yeah, and you approach it, and you get again the strong vibes. So what do you do? Lick my finger and see if I can't feel any air movement coming from a direction. I I, I really don't know. <laughs> hey, you can just enter the tomb. All right. If nobody's there's anything but a so- if there anybody stops us, I guess whatever. No, I'd, like they are kind of stoop. They are uh, stone doors, but uh, <laughs> you know, have super strength. Yeah, I think two of us could manage that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, managed to swing it open and it's very, very damp there. There is mold growing in the marble insides and there are three empty sarcophagi in the center. And between there, in the middle of there, there is some kind of metal 
plating, like a hatch of some kind. When you say empty sarcophagi, does it mean, does that look, do they look empty in the sense like something got out of these or like just like these were never full? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that there weren't going to be mummies later. Uh, as everyone knows, Johnny Jennings is terrified of mummies. Everyone knows that. Yeah, ever, ever since that incident in Egypt. It's detailed. It's a very established detail in our story. <laughs> Ludo writes that down. Hmm? Well, I mean, we close the doors behind us to help maintain our secrecy. Uh, and John's going to point at the hatch and like, I guess we go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny, do you have any WD-40 on you? Yeah, I mean, I still think Johnny would probably have some like, I mean, like a little like a small amount, just mostly for just like upkeep on the bike. I'm sure he has like a little, you know, just like toolkit to keep things nice on the bike. Um, So he opens up this little this little pouch and uh, pulls out a small can of WD-40 and hands it to John. Oh, that that that's pretty cool. Were you joking? A a little bit, but I mean, uh, ports and storms. I mean, like, if, if you need it. Sprays any rusted hinge. I mean, Johnny, you know that if this thing was stuck, me and me and Berserker could have just torn it off. But thank you. I appreciate the effort. Here you go. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I did find it a little confused. Like, I've seen you guys, you know, smash through doors before. But like, well, do we want to make do we want to make noise? I mean, it makes sense to, to clean it up a bit and try not to get the squeak out because that'll attract attention if we were to rip it up. That was kind of what I was. Th- I, th- I thought y'all were just trying to be sort of like more, more like low key, or just like you know, I, I just maybe consider it. I'm not sure exactly sort of what the what the sort of inherent significance of this place is to the people who live here, but it seems important. So, you know, fair enough. All right, help help me lift this thing. Okay, and they do it. So you open it, swing it open, and uh, there is indeed an old staircase carved from the stone. And as you go down, it's dark, and there is a small underground lake glowing softly. Uh, can I feel any type of like radiation or odd energy coming from it that like that I can try to figure out why it's glowing? Uh, same, only magical energy. You know, you're not sensing anything radiation or otherwise, but uh, Berserker, you are sensing. A strong sense of connective magic that seems to give it soft glow. And you sense a serene presence emanating from the waters. And the more you concentrate, the more you are astonished by how deep this lake seems to be. And you can feel it going through the volcanic soil and cutting through like a spear through the ocean into something else somewhere else okay okay i guess i'll drink the water then just take a like a handful and just take a sip taste what it what it tastes like it tastes like it is warm it feels like you know explain as a sense of increased empathy and extended awareness it's kind of you start to feel in the echoes of the parts of the tourists outside and at the same time you kind of get a sense of rhythm rising within like the burdens of the world seem to lose meaning so time to roll okay the 10 the 88 okay that is a seven okay so you get a boon of plus two you are suddenly empowered by a sense of youthful bonds and you have this boost of two okay cool yeah and animated by this you also notice you sense three presents that have entered the tomb and uh, are getting near the hatch uh be ready three people here oh up top I, I don't know. I'm getting a, a, I, I explain this as quickly as possible before the people enter what happened to me. Uh, should we hide? Uh, where? Joachim, you see, you got to think smart. We'll cling to the ceiling. Nobody ever looks up there. Uh, okay. How do I make it just make like a crust of rock around himself or something? Or I'll hold him. Yeah. Uh, we do that, I guess. So everyone create the boosts to represent you being hidden. 
So I used a plus two and got a plus two again. Hooray. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a six. I will use uh, sort of my mild precognitive abilities to kind of figure out what basically like what blind spots they are going to create for themselves, like how they are things they're just not going to notice. Uh, just figure out what like spots they are going to be less likely to notice and basically point those out so that we can use those as ideal places to hide. 10 and 8 and a 6. Okay, so that's another boost to up. I got a 5. You're hiding and uh, the the hatch moves open and you can hear heavy steps as boots come down and uh, there are two torches being waved in and uh, you recognize the person in the middle. It's Red X and uh, they seem quite delighted. Oh, what an amazing thing that uh, they have here. Ah, I know that these guys, they will find it. They have an eye for this thing. Uh, well, the arcane energies are off the roof here. Uh, the KGB agents, they seem pretty nervous looking around, but uh, Red X, they move directly to the water and uh, they start, they take a notebook and they start taking notes as they go around it. They, oh yes, mm, delightful, really interesting. And uh, Brother Kid, you get a hinder of minus two of uh, the same sudden burst of uh, freedom. Now, as you stay still, it's being restrictive as that power abandons you, and now you get minus two of restless. We're going to do that knowing thing where three true companions who've been around each other long enough can communicate just by looking at each other. Are we going to try and fight these guys or talk our way out of this? Wordlessly, with only his eyes, Johnny expresses, so far they have shown no open hostility to us, so it seems like we should try, like at least start with trying to talk about it, and if we have to fight, we will. All with eyes. No speech. <laughs> no words. Yeah. There's maybe like some head nods and some shoulder raising, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think we established that System 4 teaches everyone sign language, which would have made this even easier. Oh, right. We totally did do that. <laughs> but, but we do it with sign language. We're holding on to the roof. Me and John are holding on to the roof, so we can't really do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Then I say in sign language all of that shit I just said. Fair enough. Then does anyone in particular want to take the lead on it? I can. Poif. All right, coming down. Don't shoot. Because I'm pretty sure the KBG Aidens are armed. And suddenly having a big guy just fall from the roof is going to like startle them. And I don't. we're not aiming to do that. <laughs> I will say, out of fairness, I think that would startle most people. It would. <laughs> just, just, all right, I'm coming down. Ah, Basically, what I'm doing is I'm going to try and uh, impose myself and talk like, you know, basically be the loom kind of character at this point. So I'm going to basically creating a boost for other characters. Yeah. So you, you have a plus two and a minus two. So they both of them counter each other. Ooh, ooh. So that's just a plus one to anybody who's communicating with them. I'll say John Doe. Yeah, and uh, he sees you coming out. Oh, Berserker, it's amazing that you are here. Is not this place great? And you get an easy... Yeah, get an easy sense of the magic stangle within them. Mm -hmm. As Grigory... The flesh seems to crawl out of Grigory, and you realize they think to be some kind of earth spirits that are somehow bound to them, but not... You know, not in any traditional way. Mm -hmm. It's a very sorcerous shackling that, mm -hmm. like earth spirits that are considering their flesh the earth. And uh, just pockets of flesh keep melting into the soil, and uh, they seem to be sending them to scout around. Okay. As you are talking. Yeah. Yeah. So, what you came here for? Have you. Are you also interested on the quiet ones? Uh, very much. Oh. Do you know which one is here? Uh, no, not at the moment. I haven't figured which one it is. They say my music. Oh! 
Oh my god, I managed to get one over them. Ah, oh, this is amazing. Ah, Yuri will not believe this. Ah, yes. Ah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ah, I'm just delighted. Ah, you really don't have any idea, do you? Figured it's an uh, old god of some sort. Uh, one of the dead ones. But that's as far as I've gotten. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is indeed one of the quiet, silent dead gods. The ones that don't get tales told about them. Ones that cannot exist under the patriarchy and capitalism. One of them found their way here. It's not the kind of place that you would expect. I have to tell you, Princess Sophia really told found them. And uh, this seems to be the entrance to their resting place. At that, John's going to drop down from the ceiling. And I'm going to create another boost, and then I'm going to leave it to Highwayman so he can cash in as many boosts as he wants. Shoot a KGB agent right through the skull. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. That's very interesting, Gregory. Uh, we go to the surface. We'll get some French dip dumplings, and we'll talk about it. Superhero to superhero. Colleague to colleague. Doesn't that sound great? Nah. Nah. Listen, y'all are lovely. I have a big fan. But this thing, this is something else. This is best than anything that we could have hoped. Uh, this is a game changer. And uh, we need to check this out. So that's a plus two. I understand it's a game changer. We all get that. But that's why I think we should talk about it before we start digging into it. Uh, but what is there to talk about? You don't even know what I'm talking about. Do you have any idea of which of the dead gods it is? Come on, the dolls outside. This feeling that you went to make a guess? I mean, not really. I'm not super familiar with dead gods or... I mean, besides the little dust up with the oil thing, but uh, maybe we should... Like, that's why I'm saying we should talk about this. Compare notes. I'm going to pass the highwayman. Oh, you think it is like the oil thing? Oh, Berserker, you did not tell them right, did you? No, 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 no. This is something else. This is... Don't you find it really hard to connect with people lately? And by lately, I mean the entire history of society. How and how it only gets worse. That That is because we lost the gods that represent our ability to connect. Capitalism and modernity. It's all make making enclosures, including in the human soul. And of course, the gods of connection all died out one by one. And they've been placed like this. This is what we have here. And when you find something like that, don't you want to see why is it on the state that you think about all the things that separate us? Hmm? The walls, the borders, companies, countries, language, caste, class, gender. Why are those things just separators instead of to building common grounds? Don't you want to know more about that? I can barely contain my excitement. So, highwayman. Just for clarity with my with my castmates here, am I supposed to do a fight on these folks? Is that what y'all... Try and talk. Use your big words. Yeah. Use big words. All right. Cash in a bunch of boosts. There's like... There's a plus one and a plus two right now. Highwayman from the ceiling just like calls down. It's like I'm I'm up here too. Is can everybody stand back? I'm not as graceful as my companions. I'll catch you. Thank you. I fall into John Doe's waiting arms, and then I try to get down in as dignified a manner as possible, which is not a lot, but like he, it's Johnny's doing his best on that one. And he says, I would would appreciate it if just for the sake of the conversation we're having, we pretended like y'all didn't see that part. They're just they're sort of physically more capable than me on on that one. Listen, Jory, I like I hear what you're saying. And don't get me wrong. I do think that this is fascinating, uh, but maybe we should take it a little slow, not rush into everything. I mean, like it's it's all well and good to, you know, find some, you know, deep and fascinating new source of energy but until we understand sort of the negative effects of it like the the you know the potential fallout the things that could be dangerous maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit sort of try and you know really understand the fullness of the situation before we just rush right into it after all i mean like you know when uh 
when they figured out nuclear energy, I mean, they didn't understand that they, uh, you know, were in danger of being exposed to radiation and people died. I mean, just regular people who were just interested, not, you know, for what all they ended up using it for. So all I'm saying is maybe we should just take a step back and kind of try to assess the extent of this before we just rush into anything. And I am going to use spin and shoot. Okay, so that's an 11 for spin and shoot, and then I'm defending with a three. Well, what would you do? You Right at this moment, Kissinger is convincing the people that do most of the valuable work that uh, they should be better with uh, the Princess Yamina. And uh, they're going to hand all these kinds of secrets to the capitalists. That when you think that you should look into this? Well, I'm not making you guys go there, but we are going in. Catch you under water, feel like it. Pulls out a satchel of arcane components, and they seems to be cast a spell on uh, the KGB agents and themselves. So, I mean, yes. What? What now? I mean, can I make further points, or should I just, or should I just pass? Yeah, you should pass. And then I will. I mean, I'll pass to Red Hex. So, yeah. So, Red Hex opens a pocket dimension through hell and disappears alongside the KGB. Uh-oh. Just a small portal to hell. That's bad. Just a quick pocket hell. Quick pocket hell. Uh, like, yeah. Wait, don't you have one of those? It's the latest thing. Everybody's talking about it. Pocket to hell. Okay, so... They get a boost L Jockey plus two and it's persistence and exclusive. And they have defense seven. And they end off Red X to Garden. Mm, okay. So and they hand off to the Garden. And uh, as this is happening, you sense a bunch of tourists just on the top. And uh, you are both distracted and uh, have to be careful not to draw attention or you might have to deal with a bunch of supers. So that is going to be a hinder of minus three to everyone. So to you, to uh, the KGB agents shit. and uh, to Red X. And the end of shit to the KGB agents. So that's a plasma of boost that they make, which is going to be depression fire. No, actually assisted. Fire. And who wants to go next? So is Red Hex still visible? Did he just temporarily jump into hell or is he just gone? They are gone. They just went through. Yeah, they just went through the water, through hell, instead of having to brave whatever it is. I, I hate to say say this corny thing, but if we could get the power of friendship going so I could overcome this boost. I'm wondering if I could call on the power of Bifrost to get us there. Uh, you know what? Absolutely. Because <laughs> um, I was going to try that, yeah. but that minus board, three 100%. is really, really making me nervous. I'll make a boost first. Joachim's like, uh, I could probably open the gate to Bifrost, but uh, I, I, I don't know if I could do it without... Uh, attracting too much attention or affecting the people around me. I need some help. Yeah, that's going to be it's a three boxes challenge for you to get there. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I don't know if I want to go first, but that's basically what they say at the top of the round. Who wants to go first? Maybe Highwayman. Oh, yeah. No, Highwayman should. Yeah, because Highwayman is better at boosts. I was going to say, like, I mean, yeah, I think it would be uh, a good idea. I can do, I mean, it's kind of the same thing I did as far as, like, us picking a place to hide earlier. Like, it's like that kind of thing, just figuring out practically the spot where Bezerkir could do this and not be noticed as easily. So, yeah. Is this an overcome or am I, am I just making a boost? Uh, this is an overcome because we're trying to check boxes here. Yeah, unless you went to, to the boost, yeah. So you have a minus three. So I'm going to use principle of the tactician, I think. With the minus three? Yeah. So tell me, how, how do you prepare to go underwater? I think it's like it's not so much like one specific thing as just like several small things. 
the first obviously is just like I would have, you know, kind of cased the entire room the second I walked in just because that's the tactically sound thing to do and would have figured out like if we're going to go underwater, this would be the appropriate entry point. This would be the like appropriate entry point to go in unseen. So that would be, I think, the first thing. The other thing is if there is anything in the room would have given me some level of, of understanding of like the depth of this underwater body i would have clocked quickly as possible you know whether that means like dropping a a rock in or whatever i would have tried to do something kind of immediately to just be like how you know to know how deep that is i I mean i think he's also just been doing like breathing warm-up exercises just for like holding a breath i don't know why you don't just create a air bubble around yourself can can you do that is that possible I, i don't really understand your powers i don't know if i could sustain something like that okay like my my transmutation is usually it's not like sustained it's usually like an instance instant ah ah yes so if we were down there and we were running out of air i could create an air bubble which we could breathe in and then immediately be surrounded by water again but we would we wouldn't run out of breath cool i transmute the entire lake into air surprise (laughs) i don't know how that would work with the magic I, i wouldn't trust that yeah, no, I'm probably not going to go for that. It seems uh, extremely dangerous. So, yeah. Okay, so it's a five. Do you want to take a minor twist? Yep. Hmm. I mean, I think the minor twist is that uh, it's going to need to be supported by your transmutation power. You're going to need to be always partially be using it. So, would your, uh, your transmutation dice is reduced by one temporarily? Because you're losing a lot of that power just to maintain this. Okay. So losing it for another thing might be deep. Okay. So just kind of while the situation's ongoing, it'll be a D6 instead of a D8. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. So who you give off to? Pass to John Doe. Oh, no. John Doe is... Ooh. John Doe starts yelling for Joachim to tell him what different runes he needs to look like to teleport and starts literally using his terrifying super strength and precise pressure starts carving them into the ground really quick and I'm going to make a boost wait remember the minus three no I'm going to cash in my plus two that I haven't used yet though so it's only minus one for me and I'm going to use strength banter and a d6 I got a three better than nothing uh, it's for Berserk here. The name of it is uh, Improvised Thaumaturgy. Okay. Who you hand off to? You're already committed to the bit. Pass off to Berserk here. I'm going to take a risk here, and I'm going to use my plus three from the hero point rewards from last two. That's gone. So I have a plus. So I just have a plus one now. It's It's added to a plus one. I'm going to use my principle of destiny so we all get a hero point. So that's a six. Crap. Oh, as I try and do this is an overcome. Now let's see a twist. So I got to say, it, you take, you lose five health. Okay. To activate this. Yeah. Because uh, your magic power is trained, so you really need to put a bit of your life force. Mm-hmm. The bridge is open. And now you just need to find that it drops you on the right place. Yeah, exactly. That is the final, the final challenge. And uh, who you hand off to? I want to hand it off to the garden. So the garden. Once again, more and more tourists keep going around, and everyone gonna get another debuff. Uh, oh god, they're gonna act with <laughs> two of them. Uh. We gotta kill these tourists. They're 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 causing us some problems. <laughs> they're too distracting. They are too annoying. No, I know how annoying they are. So that's a minus one that everyone has from the consistent distractions. So garden to KGB agent, and they try to set up a, a trap. Okay, so that will be a hinder of minus one of trap. The hinder of Minus two of better trap. <laughs> better trap. Better mouse trap. And hand off EGB agents to FedEx. FedEx has a minus four, doesn't he? Or doesn't they? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm wondering. <laughs> they went to hell, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. A very good place to not be at your best. Yeah. Is that portal still open? I forgot to ask. That portal is not. Okay. It's a party dimension, so it's really Okay, cool. They actually they're gonna try to heal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they heal three. No wait. Heal zero because of the minus four. They actually hurt themselves. Ouch. And hand off to eh, let's go with Bizarre. I just wanna say the number of times that superheroes in this game have done things that cause themselves problems. Is quite high. <laughs> it's a high number. And I really enjoy that. Unlike in a lot of comics where they're just like, these people are competent most of the time and they get shit done. And it's like in our one, it's just like, nope, they're just idiot people like the rest of us. <laughs> but they're just like, they're just like idiots, but faster. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, they get into new creative problems because they also get, they can get the problems that usual people do and new ones. Also, yeah, new turn, you are on yellow, it's birthday heat time. Okay, what can I do on yellow? What's the overcome like right now? Like how many boxes? Out of how many boxes? One more. Need one more. I have a minus one. Yeah, I'm going to try and so I just... Uh, need to, you know, guide the Bifrost to the right location. So I'm going to try leaping magical lore and try and direct it really quick with that power and my status die. So it's a D8 now. And I'm not using principle of anything. (laughs) Maybe mastery would work. I haven't done this before. Yeah, mastery would work. Yeah, so I'm going to do, okay, I'll do that. All right, so Let's do it right this time. Eight, eight. That's a seven because of the minus one. Uh, another twist. Uh, can I suggest something? Tell me. The portal opens up in the right spot, but too high, high enough to where you know we would get hurt, even uh, with our special powers of leaping. Hmm? So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So all of you take four damage. Yeah. You cross your path through the Bifrost, and as it opens, you just see on a blink the massive mass of water, and you see a lot of corals and fish, and you seem to open into a garden, an underwater garden, but uh, not of the kind of vegetation that you usually find in the depths of the ocean, no. It is filled with uh, familiar trees and, uh, and plants, and... Again, it's kind of like a greenhouse, but underneath the waves. There is this immense blanket sense of uh, comfort and serenity and peace, which is interrupted as you come crashing down just from the top and have to roll through the treetops, breaking branches as you fall down. I see that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) you are in basically a forest garden underneath the sea. You end off too. Okay, how is everybody doing? I think I miscalculated a little bit. Ouch. A, a little bit of ouch, yes, but I'll be, it'll be, I'll, let's uh, keep pushing. I'm going to hand off to Red Hex because I don't want to get slammed with every bad thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you see multiple versions of the pocket dimension to hell come out. And uh, multiple versions of Red X coming out, and uh, they blast you with uh, illusory power. And eight. Ow. Ten. And ten. Oh, that, that's what you're rolling. Oh. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you get, each of you takes one damage. And each of you gets uh, a minus three hinder. Ugh. Ouch. That's one yeah. damage. They take one damage, too. No, wait. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, no, it's more than one damage. It's uh, three damage because of the boost. They take three damage, too. Okay. Okay, so I take one. So I guess you punch the, the, the real one as they pop out. John, John Doe's getting blasted out of instinct, just throws a fist out and is surprised that it connects. 
Oh. Oh, that's that's the real you. Welcome, comrades. You are in the Garden of Siofen. How do you spell that? Siofen. Siofen, uh, I get it. This is where Yofen lies, that since Princess Sophia either found her here or found a way to bring her here. It, it's pretty enough, but I still think we should have talked about this. We have plenty of time to talk now. I'm going to be looking for the goddess. I have laid curses upon you so that you cannot stop me. I mean, just I, I will just say we would have like tried to just talk to you. For, we were not, we're not just going to dive in and try and like beat you up or whatever. Like we would have just. I mean, we might now because you did just say you cursed us. Yeah, that was that's like I, I don't I'm not as familiar with sort of the mystical layer of the world as 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 much as my uh, my companion Joachim here. That does seem extremely rude. We didn't want to fight. Like, I mean, just like you could have just been like, "Are you going to try and stop me?" And when we would have been like, "Just well, let's like chat for a second. You just went straight for cursing. Well. In my line of work, prevention is key. If you were aware, I will not have the opportunity to curse you. And again, if you're going to step and if you're not going to stop me, the curse will not activate. So everything is going to be fine, right? Wait, hang on. So if I just like know you're going to curse me, I can just be like, nope. And then and now because I'm aware of it, yeah, I, I can just like. Be like, no, thank you. I just sort of returned to Cinder. I politely but firmly refused the curse. Yeah. Don't you know anything about anchoring? No. I mean, not really. I just, uh, like, uh, not, yeah, not not a lot. I mean, now I will be looking into it. So thank you for that. But, uh, you know. More importantly, now, why, why couldn't we just talk this out like civilized people? You're not a fucking American. We don't need to fist fight about everything. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every conversation we've had so far has been fairly, like, sort of reasonable and amicable for the most part. So, like, I, I do feel like we could have just talked. All right. Okay, here's what uh, what we can talk. Um, I'm going to find the goddess, and I'm going to get her body out of here somehow and bring it back to the Soviet Union. How about that? Yeah, no. You don't know what effect that will have here. Uh, Joachim, please inform them about the possible dangerous effects of removing this goddess, god being. It would upset the balance. I mean, she's been dead for so long. I don't know what the what it would do, if it would even be good. Yeah, sadly. Have you seen the world around? The balance is meant to be destroyed. What balance is this of forces? This cold war? The disconnect between the human heart? Listen, I'm not saying that your larger points are necessarily incorrect, but in this case, I think we're very specifically referring to the balance of the people who have to wake up and live here in this place every single day. What you are risking is, I mean, like loss of life, like serious injury causing these people. I mean, I'm not going to claim to understand it, but some level of spiritual or psychic harm that might last for multiple generations. For all we know, this is a load-bearing god, and it'll collapse the whole island into the sea. A load-bearing god? Listen to yourself. The only thing that the god has as an effect here is that this place, that would otherwise be inevitable, may depend on that for that. But, uh, I'm sorry, if connection is restored to the world... Uh, if the power of Yoffman is shared back to where it belongs, yes, it's going to be destroy society, as we know. But I thought you understand that society, as we know, must be destroyed. And just to clarify, in the destruction of that society, you think that the possibility of mass murder is a reasonable price to pay? I don't know where you're getting the idea of mass murder. And also... As we speak, Carter Vox is indoctrinating people to select Princess Yasmin. How many people do you think will die because of that? Do you want to talk mass murder? Then why are you then why are you down here doing this this instead of helping us go up there and fight him? Yeah, I mean that's sort of the obvious thing, right? Like we should like 
Because I'm a magical specialist, I am powerless against doing that. But I can do this, so I'm going to do what I can according to my abilities. You're telling me that you don't think your abilities, your abilities as a magical specialist might be able to, I don't know, protect people's minds from Wax's influence? I've seen the war reports. Our magicians in the moon were not able to do that. And they were better than I am. I'm just a sorcerer. What is dead should stay dead. The gods are dead. And what if this old god is some horrifying thing? That's exactly what the patriarchy wants to do it. Because it's not a god that could serve capital. It is not a god that would serve state, king, society. There is no space for Schuld that is coming from here. This god did not die, was murdered. And was so throat murdered that we don't know the nature of Yoffer. Who are us to say that the, the world does not deserve a chance to know her? That we don't know a chance to welcome her into our hearts? Who are you to say that it's worth destroying the life of these people for a possibility? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, like, you're, you're rolling the dice on a pretty big if. Like, what if, like, this goddess returns and her first thought is not, just, ah, yes, time to resume the work, time to re- just, you know, reconnect the world as we like it. What if it's just rage? What if all she wants is then to just destroy everything and not in the revolutionary breakdown society to create something new, just destruction? What if that is the end of the sentence? Well, as Bakunin would say, destruction is itself an act of creation. And... Uh, What is going to be destroyed here? You seem to think that it's going to be destroyed. The people that live here. But you are doing the foolish things that everyone that has been indoctrinated by borders believes. That you are correlating the state with the people that live on that state. No. Because you know who has been using the power of Yofan? The jolly royal family to raise and to as the royal families declining the rest of the world to renew their bloodlines and to get themselves empowered. If we take Yofin, you know who's going to suffer? The Jolly. That is who I know will suffer. And the thing is, even as the people might momentarily suffer, they're going to suffer much less long terms because they're not going to be under the rule of kings. Like, okay, so Yokim. Yokim's almost sold on this, but they perfectly believe that this god should stay dead. And that's what they worry about. Like, they're not worried about removing the god. They're worried about them reviving the god. Because you can't stop fate. I mean, I, I, overly fatalistic, as, but Yokim is very fatalistic. They believe in destiny, they believe in fate, and even the gods in all their power tried to stop this, stop their own fate. They tried to stop and prevent Ragnarok. They knew it was going to happen. They tried to stop it, and they failed. So that's... You you can't change fate. Uh, The fate of the world is, is stronger than all of us. And if it was fated for her to live, I don't know. The fate, the fate said that she should die, so she should stay dead. We can discuss the future of this island together. We can discuss what the people of this island want. What's, we can help build a better tomorrow for them. But coming down here and messing around with something that nobody here can claim to fully understand doesn't seem like the best way to do it. They are going to say something, but that's when the earth starts to rumble and the roots start to pull out the earth and you can see massive figures coming out of the ground. And the ground is reshapen suddenly as you realize that gigantic toys are now in between the trees and you lost track of the KGB agents and the red eggs on the meantime. And there are just all these toys around you. And you recognize this the same toys as they were on the shrine. And you can hear the flapping of cloth wings and the massive ragged doll Valkyrie stands above you with her toothpick spear and wooden shield standing vigilant. This would be so adorable if it wasn't going to kill us. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's exactly the intention. <laughs> we're gonna get a we're gonna get beat up by some toys, aren't we? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it sure sounds like it. Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarv, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlock. They can be found at SG CA Delaysec on Instagram and Young Space Dead on Twitter. They are largely imperceived. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Judge the Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Sentinel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast just because a friend told us about it.